0: previously on Coruscant Nights.
1: What was on Connie's mind was the battle, and now she's mm-hmm. trying to remember how she got to the mess hall from the tree, and she can't, mm-hmm. which is something that happens far too often for her this past week. But she sits down and she looks around at all the different people, and she's just trying to remember if she's met them, and if she knows their names. Because she sees the clone troopers, and she's just like, that one's shop, and that one's feather. No. No. <laughs> no 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 they're not those guys are from the 332nd and this is definitely the 280th and then she gets their names after a lot of like frustration she's just like ace and snakes
0: and that's i mean that's that's part of the war she meets all these people and she never knows if she's going to see them again
1: now she's trying to figure out if shop and feather are even still alive
0: you begin to hear voices coming around from the next corner more clones and you see a clone trooper walk out and then turn around, and you hear him talk. You see on his shoulder, he's got like one of those pauldrons, a shoulder pad that shows that he's a ranking clone trooper.
1: An orange and he says, pauldron?
0: Uh huh. I think it's gray. Oh, okay. And he says, Ace, get a squadron together, take the Z95s from Hangar Bay Dorn, take snakes with you going to need you to go after the Jedi Knights that left earlier today, Connie and Ianni. Find out where they're going. Alternative orders may come down from the 501st, so keep your comms open. Yes, sir. And the sound of bootsteps moving away. Fate has a way of putting people together. Welcome to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Tonight I am joined by Doug and Andrew. How are you guys doing tonight? Excited to be here. I'm doing well. All right. So before we start, I think we'll we'll introduce your characters as we get to them. We should roll our destiny. Right. I roll a destiny roll. I rolled two light side points. Doug rolled one light side point. All right, one dark side. So we're starting with three light side, one dark side. And lucky for you two, we got to donate for destiny. Nice. Yes. John, from the Outlaws and Old Ones podcast, donated a little bit of light. You're going to get one extra light side point. And now we're going to play a trailer for Outlaws and Old Ones. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Heck yeah. It's me hey, I'm the keeper. Roll, roll the clip, please.
2: Look, everyone, it's David Caruso.
0: Mr. Kokomo, I presume.
2: No, my name's Garbert. Go- Excuse Garbert? Me? You are special and you are forever. Yeah, last forever in hell, dude. This cult or whatever I'm getting myself into. So <laughs> you're like some words. kind of psychic? <laughs> I've a been kind? your partner for 20 years hunting I'm, things. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you killed my dad. So you decided to show up, huh,
0: bogey? I get a ride.
2: All right, back to the
0: show. Doug, yes. Don't tell me who you're playing yet today. Okay. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, me as a person or me as a character? Are you a Are you a character? I am when I'm playing Coruscant Nights. <laughs> you as a person. Oh, a little bit about me. Well, been working on my elevator speech, but I haven't quite finished it yet. So I'm gonna go off the cuff a little bit. My name is Douglas Eberhardt. I go by Doug. And I'm an artist, illustrator, educator, and um, I do all of those things. I also play a little bit of music. I'll just plug my music. I play with my friend Mike Birch in a band called the Bunk Bed Bros, a band for children of all ages. Go visit bunkbedbros.bandcamp.com and pick up a cassette. And Andrew is a voice familiar to many of you. Care to tell us a little bit about yourself, Andrew? Oh, everybody knows what they need to know about me, thanks to Sarah.
2: But no, I'm the host and GM of the Dicey Cantina on a minor hiatus while we sort out some real life stuff. Longtime listener, of course, on nights. First time contestant. Uh, I'm a contestant, right? That's how this mm-hmm. works.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's like a lottery of survival.
2: Yeah, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, anybody can check out my stuff at diceycantina.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Excellent.
0: Ace takes his Z-95 out of the Grand Orbital Observatory, calling his squadron to check in. Can you tell me a little bit about Ace, what he's been up to during these clone wars, and a little bit about the squadron that he's heading right now? Okay, um, Ace has worked his way up to clone commander of his squadron. So, yes, Ace is a clone and ace has gone on i would say probably about six tours throughout the galaxy fighting in the clone wars against the the separatist armies and has had a lot of success he's a very well programmed uh developed clone and has an aptitude for hitting the target when it needs to be hit and leading his clone comrades towards success in battles across the galaxy during the Clone Wars. And um, at this time, he has just finished a tour uh, on Coruscant, defending Coruscant against the Separatist armies. And he was accompanied by his squadron, a squadron called Nexu Squadron, made up by six other clones. Well, it was more. So yes. ne- Nexu Squadron was 12 clones. And now... There are very few of these... We've got seven clones, right? Very few of these seven clones were in the original Nexu Squadron. The Battle of Coruscant took its toll on a lot of the clone Navy, and Nexu Squadron was no exception. So right now, of the original squadron, we've just got Ace and Snakes. Yeah, so the original squadron, the only ones left of the 12 are Ace and Snakes. So the... A group of Z-95s leave the Grand Orbital Observatory. A short while ago, orders came in from the top. They were to execute a particular order known as Order 66. Ace's commanding officer uh, gave him orders and told him to leave his comms open in case things changed. Because the way, the, the way things are right now, the Republic is in a state of change. Everything's in flux right now so new orders could come any minute the planet Coruscant glows below the ships as they streak through space setting their coordinates to the outer rim the last known direction of the Jedi that they're supposed to track and there's a chime on Ace's dashboard this is Commander Ace who Who do I have the pleasure of speaking to Commander Ace, this is CT-42173. We've got a change of orders for you. You're headed to Mimban. There's a Jedi there known as Lee vol We need you to execute Order 66. Sending over all relevant information to your ship's computers. Copy. Over. And Ace uh, closes the channel. I think Ace is in his Z-95, and Ace has kind of like a clean-shaven head. A very average looking clone, you would have a difficult time picking up Ace in a lineup. But in this ship has like a little eyepiece that gives him a little bit of information on orders, briefings, maps, enemies in the area. His uh, wingman, Snakes, pulls up next to him and taps his ear. Does Ace have his comms open right now? Uh, Yes. Ace, is that new orders? What are we doing? Uh, snakes, give just give me, uh, give your old commander a moment to uh, review the data and I'll pass it along to you. And Ace is going to look at this info. The planet that Ace was told to head to was called Mim. What? Mimbon. Mimbon. The Jedi that Ace was told to find was Lee Vol. Correct. And the order that he was told to execute was Order 66. Mm -hmm. That's correct. I'm going to do some checks, but also maybe just ask some questions. Okay. Does Ace know Lee Vol? Yes. Ace knows Lee Vol. And Ace knows them well. That's correct. Lee Vol was Ace's general a little while back. So in one of these six tours, which to me are like planet wars, Ace has served... Uh, at least a couple under level probably some under the position of commander. Mm-hmm. Probably taking orders. Sort of put them in second, like second command to the Jedi general. Okay, so I think Ace has some questions, and my next question and and or check is, Ace asks himself, "Order sixty six. Um, what could they possibly mean by Order sixty six? I know orders, <laughs> at least." Okay, does Ace know what Order 66 is? So, in his time with Jedi General Lee Vole, some things happened. What happened that led to Ace having his inhibitor chip removed? Ace is a born or cloned leader. Ace sees things, situations, paths ahead of him that other clones don't and ace was actually struggling with headaches and nightmares that were interfering with his ability to see and lead and conquer situations during the clone war and i think that he approached several medic droids over the over his tours throughout the galaxy None of which really knew how to diagnose this kind of a problem within a clone until he met Jedi Master General Lee Vol. And what did uh, Lee Vol think or do? So Lee
2: Vol, General Vol, um, had his life saved by Ace on Umbara. And Vol is a Miraluka, which means that he doesn't have his sight he sees through the force uh, because Miraluka don't have eyes. And I think as a part of that, he recognizes, he sees the force in people when, when Miraluka are confronted with Sith or Jedi or things throughout history, they can see the force through them and see more insight into them than just the eyes would see. And I think that in the friendship that blossomed after Ace saved Vol's life, there was the ability to see this corruption around Ace's head that gave some insight into there was a problem there and a quick surgery could solve it. I don't think that Vol got an insight into what that biological chip was as more of having seen a faulty component uh, through the force. And that led to a less than official channels removal of, you know, I thought your headaches are coming from here
0: and we can go see a droid and, and get it solved that way. So when Snakes pulls up and says over the comms, we have new orders, I will flip my one and only dark side point to say that Ace has no idea what Order 66 is. Uh, that's right, Snakes. We've got some orders. Got some orders over on uh, Mimban, something to do with General Vol. Um, I'm going to ask you now, do we have new members of Nexu Squadron? You do. You've got five new members with you currently. Okay. They just checked in as you left the Grand Orbital Observatory. You've got Rough Up, Knuckles, Hasty, Rampage, and Stashy. Okay. Ace is going to open comms to Nexu Squadron. All right, Nexu Squadron. Commander Ace checking in. We've got orders. Mission over on Mimban. I'm not going to brief you on the entire situation at the moment. We're going to make our way there, regroup on the ground, and go from there. Follow my lead, uh, keep your eyes open, stay on each other's wings, find a safe place to land, and uh, off we go. Any questions? No, sir. No, there are no questions. I haven't told you anything. Now, follow me. The ships of the squadrons pull up their hyperdrives and streak off into the stars. Mimban is a mud hole. Can you tell me a little bit about Lee Vol and why he might have come here? And I've got a why for you if you've got nothing.
2: I don't have an initial thing.
0: Okay. There are potentially rumors surrounding artifacts on Mimban that might help bring the force into balance. There's something called the Kyber crystal that's spelled K-A-I. B-U-R-R one specific crystal that is uh, said to boost someone's connection to the force it, it's also rumored to have healing powers and a number of other things it's hard to tell the the stories from the truth on things like this but that and the mind splinter are two interesting things that may have come into Lee's Peripheries as he explored the galaxy.
2: yeah so Lee's made his way to Memban, Memban to explore for these artifacts that could um, bring some balance to the force. Lee is very conscientious of balance and he's focused on peace more than anything. He's someone who loved the fact that as a Jedi he was a considered a peacekeeper. The this war with the separatists is a necessary distraction from that peacekeeping, and he seeks to get back to that arbitration, that negotiation, even neg- aggressive negotiations that Jedi's must do sometime. And so, having heard of these these artifacts, this a special Kyber crystal and the Mind Splinter, has come to to reach out in the force and see if he can't ascertain their truth. Uh, The seeking of truth is very important to Lee.
0: And overall, Mimbon's been pretty disappointing. It's wet. The natives are not friendly. The humans who have a small mining colony there are even less friendly. And it's just wet and muddy and kind of gross. He's heard rumors about temples off in the swamps, but there are also really big creatures that like to eat small ships out in the swamps. And those locals that live underground are just not very nice. If you go snooping around their houses, it is night. It is rainy. And that balance that Lee seeks out in the force seems to be a little off right now. The town that he's been using as sort of a base camp is a small mining town um it is filthy the food's bad people are grumpy and it's pretty much always raining where would lee find himself in the evening i think lee seeks out with that peace
2: and not wanting to disturb the locals as much as possible the hovel or hut at the very edge of town a place where he can have as much privacy as he wants, while being as least imposing upon the the people who clearly don't want him to be around. He's not willing to play the foolish Jedi and think that he could wander into the swamps with creatures so large they can swallow ships by himself. And he has a little campfire, little field kit that he's cooking a meal on, and as he spends most of his time he's, he's more or less meditating and reaching out with a force and he's, he's seeking guidance since he hasn't been able to find what he's after
0: and he's not sure what to do for his next steps as he's reaching out tonight if I had dark side points I would flip them the peace and tranquility and balance that he's after seems to shift in his mind and darkness takes over he feels a lot of the light going out of the universe. What is the Force like to Lee, who visualizes his world with the Force, and what is it like when it all dims? I,
2: I, I think Lee even stumbles and falls and knocks over the small cookware that he has as he's more or less being confronted with the idea of being blinded. You know, the... The Force is sight, and it's the way to explore the world, and lights that he's familiar with are extinguished. It's it's becoming darker. He's confronted for the first time with the idea of being sightless, uh, of what beings who have eyes and don't see through the Force must go through as they lose that sense. I, I think he, his head is swimming, and
0: he's very off-kilter as he attempts to regain his composure, um, is there maybe somebody in town that he's renting this place from? Somebody who's been a little friendly to him?
2: Yeah, I think there's a shop owner. You know, credits speak Uh more than persuasion in a a small mining town. And he befriended a, a local shopkeeper, a tavern owner, who had this shed kind of out back. Uh-huh. that he's holed up with.
0: Yes, this Ithorian, uh, Ralatom. she heard the noise as as Lee stumbled and she came back. She was back in her garden growing what counts as produce here on Mimbon. sort of uh, rooty potato kind of things. She comes around the corner, and you can just sort of see her in the corner of your vision. Hmm. She says... Lee, is everything all right? That darkness. It's 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 so dark. I I can't see. She. What, what's happening? Reaches towards you and takes your arm. Let me help you. She pushes you over towards your small stool by the the fire. What's going on? I thought you could see perfectly well. It's
2: it's like the lights are going out. I I can still make out the the shapes, but it, the clarity it, it's it's fading. It's odd. It's I, I feel like the whole world is swimming in darkness.
0: I'm afraid I don't fully understand you, but I'll sit with
2: you if you need it. Please. And she pulls up a stool, and and Lee kind of reaches out and almost in a childlike way grabs forearm and bicep of. His companion here And and holds on
0: And she pats your hand Thank you Meanwhile in the sky Let's get an astrogation check Oh no What's the difficulty? Uh, I'm gonna make it hard Yikes Let me think for a moment Um Hmm I want a boost For What part of the galaxy is this? Uh That um, Um, Mimban is Mimban is The Expansion region so is it really far away? It's uh, between the inner rim and the outer uh, mid rim. I want to boost because Ace and Snakes have been in this region before. Have you named a planet in the expansion regions? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we fought on... I'm not even looking at a map. We've fought on... Uh, is it Felicia? I honestly don't see any places that I recognize. Darn it. I was just shooting that in the dark felucia is i, I don't think it is but
2: uh, wikipedia first entry in the history of the expansion region the mud jumpers of the 20, 224th division of the grand army of the republic fought separatist forces in the expansion world region
0: of memban mm-hmm. i want to say felucia's outer rim okay i wanted to say for narrative we've we have not been really can't think of a good reason for a boost well we have how many oh, yeah. light side yeah, tokens? Yeah, you've got five light side I'm going to flip one, because narratively, you should have one. Um, I'm going to upgrade one of my green to a yellow. And you said it's going to be hard, okay. which is four purple. Three. Great. Love it. What I get? A- oh. Zero successes in one thread. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Nexus Squadron comes out of hyperspace, above Mimban. The planet is part of a system that is actually known for its odd weather patterns and as your squadron comes in over Memban, there is a storm brewing over the area that you were told to go you begin to fly into the storm and because this is the plot that i need to happen i'm going to flip a dark side point as the group of seven z95s move into the storm aces ship is in the lead leading the squadron and as it moves he sees the electricity on the front on the nose and the window sort of uh coming down off the top of the canopy and it reaches up into the clouds and his z95 is struck by a bolt of lightning all right let's get a daunting piloting check okay as the lightning strikes the ship The other ships in the squadron bank right and bank left away from it as smoke starts trailing from the engines. A daunting piloting space? Yep. And So the difficulty is four purple? Yep. And we have five light side tokens again. Yep. Also, Ace is really good at piloting. Quite good at piloting. So thank you for the opportunity. Should I pull up another light side? I think so. five. Go for it. Okay. Two successes, one threat. Alright. So... The engines on the Z95... Actually, it's just one engine on the Z95. It is smoking. A trail of black smoke is almost invisible against the dark, dark clouds of this thunderhead that you're flying through at night. Mm -hmm. The Z95s to your left and right continue banking off from Ace's ship. It's dangerous to be near a ship that is on fire because your engine is on fire. You are maintaining control but it is probably not going to be the most smooth landing. Why don't you tell me how you successfully survive crash landing your ship? Hmm, okay. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Can I try and make repairs to my ship? Uh Uh-huh, I suppose you can try to make repairs to your ship. I'm gonna try and do a mechanics check or would it be computers? Okay, it would be mechanics. I'm gonna do a mechanics check. I'm gonna add a setback because you're in the middle of the storm. And I think we should do a hard check. Okay. So Ace sees the smoke and flips a couple of switches and says, "Oh, this is just not my day. What luck! All right. Uh, oh, we're going down. We're going down fast. Um, okay. Snakes. Uh, I'm gonna have to make an emergency landing. You take take the squadron up, do a circle circle round. I'll send you coordinates where to drop down. We'll continue the mission. Roger that." And And with your two threats, I think as you flip some switches on your dashboard to try and, like, put down a grate or a vent to stop the smoke in the engine, it actually ends up venting into your cockpit. (coughs) Oh, it's not good. I got two successes on my last roll. Uh I think there's about to be an emergency ejection. If, If that's what you want. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want. Great. The cockpit fills with smoke and Ace can hardly see or breathe. He pulls down a, a ventilating mask and attaches it to his face. Starts to try and find a way to put this ship down, but can hardly see the controls in front of him. I think that the final resort is to break a small plate of duraglass and pull a plunger. The top of his C-95 pulls back and shoots his seat into the air, into the rain. And he's instantly soaked with whatever this liquid is. And I think probably in the Star Wars universe, are there parachutes? Or does it just probably have like a little jet propulsion system? This is the Coruscant Knights universe. It's got a parachute. Okay. So a parachute deploys and... It might have some little... To steady it Little uh, repulsors coming out of the sides To make sure you're not like swinging back and forth But I think there probably is Quite a bit of swinging back and forth In the turbulence of this Storm Yeah, in the wind and the rain But uh, I think he's Going to come to a Pretty safe, though uncomfortable And agitated Rest on the muddy Planet floor Some time went by with Lee and Stamerala Tom at some point she patted you on the arm and had to go back inside and shortly after the rain started as Lee packs up to head inside his little makeshift hovel gazing up to the sky he sees in the way that he sees a burning streak through the clouds something that He would recognize from his time in war as a ship crashing. He sees the small parachute, the familiar markings of Republic Navy, and watches as somebody lands in the swampy forest a few miles outside of town. As Ace was coming down, he could see the lights from a small town off to the east, and was able to recognize that he landed a couple miles from it. What is what would Lee do?
2: I I think since Lee kind of recognizes the
0: Wait, you you might not. As a Miraluca, that's that's like a thing, is mm-hmm. that flat surfaces are gonna be real hard oh, to that's read. That's true. But maybe design wise, the fact that there is a parachute at all might point it to being republic rather than separatist. So I was thinking,
2: I kind of keyed off the fact that uh, Ace and Lee have a history. Uh I I think if you're cool with it, the the force signature of Ace is one of familiarity Hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. So I I think more than recognizing the the markings of the ship or the parachute, it was that it's the recognition of a friend in a difficult time. And I think Lee hastily grabs his survival pack his his just little backpack that he would that he's taken with him of just a few of the survival necessities make sure his lightsaber is clipped to his belt and heads off in a run in the direction that he saw ace come down
0: running in the swamp at night in the middle of a storm is kind of difficult as he goes he can sense see sense the the life in the roots under his feet and the mangroves and it's calming after that strange sense of loss that he felt around the fire say what you want about the muddiness of this planet it is teeming with life in a way that only planets covered with nature or covered with cities can be the rain comes down and soaks ace's parachute as he begins to unclip himself Uh, from his seat. The parachute slowly descends on top of him and pushes it aside as he gets out. What does he do once he reaches the ground? I think as soon as Ace reaches the ground, I think he's a little grumpy as he sees his uh, Z-95. I think he's probably had this Z-95 for two of the last uh, uh, six tours. It sails very far across the skyline and there's a very distant sound of an explosion but the the rain and darkness are almost even too dense for him to see the light from it but he he's a little grumpy he pulls a combat vibro knife from his boot and slices the cords on his parachute before it even completely hits the ground and just keeps on walking in deep mud <sighs> Welcome to Mimban. Beautiful, they told me. Great place to visit. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coruscant Nights. Coruscant Nights is a production of Nightcast Creative. To find out more about us and our projects, visit nightcastcreative.com. Thanks to Andrew and Doug for playing on this episode. You can find more of Doug playing Ace on Andrew's podcast, Dicey Cantina. Check out Dicey Cantina wherever you get your podcasts. Have you joined our Discord yet? Come hang out with other fans of Coruscant Nights in the other place and talk about the shows, your favorite RPGs, and other games. We've got monthly live-streamed games, shows like Behind the Mask with Sarah Joy, which you can also find on our YouTube, and Board Game Nights. Check the show notes for a link. And last but not least, don't forget about Donate for Destiny. We've still got a few sessions to record before the end of Season 2, Your dollars can influence Coruscant Knight's destiny pool and help kids in hospitals and shelters.